Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Look, I preached last week, okay, and me and me and Pastor Brent are doing something a little different this week. I'm going to kick things off for just a few minutes, couple minutes, and then Pastor Brent's going to come up. He's going to take over. Amen. And so, what what I want to do here this morning is real quick. We ended chapter. Well, we didn't end chapter ten. Uh, we were basically right in the middle of chapter ten. How many of you were here last week? And we talked about the day the sun stood still. And how many of your faith was just, you know, lifted, right, with reading that passage and reading that where, where Joshua, he looks up at the sun and he's like, yeah, God can do that. Stand still, right? And he does because God is God and he can do anything. Amen, somebody. There's nothing that God can't do. Do you know that here this morning? There's nothing that God can't do. And so, and so in chapter 10, remember what happened. We've got these uh, these five kings that have kind of joined forces together to fight in, and attack Israel. And as you continue to go throughout uh, chapter 10, you see that there's, you know, continuation of battle after battle after battle. It's one battle after the next, and Israel continues to be victorious throughout the entire way. We move into chapter 11, something very similar happens. It happened in chapter 10. You have the five kings of the north who also decide to join forces to attack Israel. They're going to try to do the same thing that the kings in the south did. The thing is, it didn't really work out the first time. It's not really going to work out this time either, right? They, they conspire, they plan. And, you know, one of the most interesting things to me is in, in chapter 11, Scripture says that all the kings in the north, they come to attack Israel, and they bring all their chariots, they bring all their horses, right? They have all their advanced weaponry, and Israel doesn't have any of that, right? But what does Israel have? The Lord is on Israel's side, and God is fighting for Israel. And so I love what God tells Joshua. He says, at this very hour tomorrow, I will deliver them into your hand. There's no fear, right? And we continue to see the consistent theme throughout the chapter is, do not be afraid. Do not fear, because I'm with you, right? This is, this is what God tells them. I'm going with you, and I'm fighting for you, right? And that's what we see time and time again throughout the book, and you read through chapter 11, and I'm giving this summary here pretty quick, but as you read, Israel continues to win the battles. They continue one battle after another battle, and pretty soon all the kings of the north are defeated as well, which takes us into chapter 12, and in chapter 12, it's basically a look back and a reflection of all the battles that Israel has come through, and it names all the kings and all the kingdoms, and that's really what chapter 12 is is if you read it, and I would encourage you to read through these chapters just in your own time, um, but if you read through chapter 12, you'll see all the kings, all the kingdoms that Israel defeated. And it's just a reflection and a look back on, on all of that. And there's some significance as we move from chapter 12 to chapter 13, and where Pastor Brent's going to be today in chapter 14. Because you could really break up the book of Joshua in three main sections. The first section, chapters 1 through 12, it's like the conquest of Canaan. The, the focus is, there's a lot of battles going on. There's a lot of fighting, right? And Israel is finally stepping into the promised land across the Jordan. And it's just, there's a lot of action going on. And then from chapters uh, 13 through chapters 22, it's, it's dividing the land. They're giving out all the land and land plotting and things like that. And so you go from all this action 
And all these battles and all this fighting to now it's, it's like, okay, now we got to divvy up the land. Now, a lot of people, they skip through a lot of these chapters in their own study time and their own reading because they're like, well, why would I want to know about the land being divided up? We, what you need to know is this was really important for them and really exciting for them. All the battles were just to get to this point, right? And so, and so this is an exciting time as we move in and we turn the page. And then just to kind of put, put a tie on it, 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 ch- it closes out chapters 23 and 24 are really the farewell of Joshua and Joshua's death. And so that's kind of where we were, where we're at, and where we're headed. But Pastor Brent, you want to come on up here and, uh, and polish that all up, brother? Isn't Pastor Baba great? You know, we, we, uh, we each have our talents and our gifts, and, and he's so good at that. So I wrote to him, I was like, please help me out. Would you, would you take that first part? And he did such a brilliant, uh, a brilliant job of that. And now we are in Joshua 14. So if you would open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 14, uh, we are going to jump in uh, over there. Uh, we're going to start in verse 10. But uh, uh, as Pastor Bubba was saying, they're they dividing up the land And then we find ourselves here where Caleb starts to say something profound. And this is, we are are just doing just two verses of of, uh, chapter 14 here. And there there is so much here. And I've preached this many times, but not in the way that I'm going to preach this uh, uh, today. Uh, Calling it dusting off the promises of God. Now, There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises of God in His Word. And depending on how we look at it, it's a a historical tale or it's a living word for this very moment here today to change our lives. There are so many promises in Psalms. If you are going through a tough time and feeling like you are drowning and everybody's forgotten you and you are mopedopes, There are so many things in there as you are reading what David is saying, but it's not just for David to to write his his book. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit for us in this very time. And here's the thing that I want to encourage you. I have argued with so many theologians uh, uh, over my, my Christian life who want to fight with me about Scripture, and I end up saying, why don't you just give it a try and see what happens? What do you have to lose? Right, if I've got a, a, a drink in my hand and I'm saying it's very good, and you're like, yes, but I don't know, that color doesn't look very good. Eventually, I'm going to say, just sip the thing or keep rolling. <laughs> and this is the power of the gospel. Why do we argue about something that, that the, 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 the proof is in the pudding? Try it. God even says, right, test me in this. His word is alive. And uh, every time Pastor Arthur gets up and, and says, and forget not all his benefits, well, why does that matter? Because we can forget. How many of you love uh, uh, those uh, uh, storage locker shows or whatever where they, they buy a storage locker? Storage wars. Storage wars. And, and, and you, you're excited to see if they're actually going to find anything of value, like Microsoft certificates or anything like that. Do you know that, that you could die broke while having billions in stock certificates that you don't know about? How did that person die? They, 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 they died of hunger. But they were a billionaire, yes, but they didn't know it. 
Satan comes to? So, so we think about, we, we, you know, we think about our possessions, we think about lives, and, and, and that is true. But one of the greatest things that he steals is our belief that this is for today, for our lives right here, right now, dusting off the promises of God. So this is what I'm excited to tell you. This is what I hope that you will leave here different today, going like, I am, I've got billions in, in, in heaven currency for every aspect of my life, my, my, my children, my business, my health, uh, my, my future uh, children that I don't even know, my grandchildren. Amen? Amen? But do we believe? He's robbed us of that belief. And, and here's the crazy thing. He's robbed us of the belief through the church. If it had come from the outside, we would have fought against it and dug deeper. But it came from the inside with all the different versions and all the different denominations and all of these things. And then we're like, we're too scared to read the Bible because oh, I'm not a theologian. I best not believe this. So we just, and yet our stock certificates by the blood of Jesus sit untapped. Let's read this. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised. Say, as he promised. As he promised. For all these 45 years. When, 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 you, when you think through what's actually being said here, it's, it's profound. Since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old, I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You see, all this land was being divvied out, but what wasn't divvied out was the hill country. Why? Because there was giants there and it was undefeated. So he's saying, that's very nice that you want to give me this little pond here with, the, with the, the sugar bush. Give me the hill with the giants. That is unclaimed right now because it's undefeated. I've still got some, some gas in the tank. You remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there. That's the giants. They're in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. There is such a beautiful mix of like, hey, my, I've still got some strength, but it's because of the promise of the Lord that I'm even, that I'm even doing. And if the Lord's with me, I can do this as he promised. So there, there's two ways to do this. One, we try to do everything in life by our own strength and power and it is very limited what we can achieve. There's no difference between us as Christians or anybody else when we do it in our own strength. The other side is we hide behind God's will. Now, absolutely, I pray God's will all the time. Yesterday, South Africa was playing New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup. And there was a kick that was going to determine who was going to be the winner of the game. And you know what I prayed? I didn't pray for South Africa to win. I didn't pray for that kick to go through or not go through. I said, Lord, that your will will be done. And you say, but Brent, it's just a, it's just a rugby game. Listen, South Africa can't do a government. They can't run a country, but they can do rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the Lord determined that they needed a little boost. <laughs> but sometimes we can, we can hide behind God's will as a way to do nothing. He could have said, if the Lord wanted me to have that hill, let the giants just drop dead and I'll go take it. No, he's saying, I'm willing to fight for it. But it's because of the Lord's promise and only if the Lord goes with me. That is such a beautiful balance of my ability mixed with submission to his will and his plan. But I'm not just sitting on the bench saying, Lord, whatever will be, will be. No, I'm dusting off the promises of God. Now listen to this, okay? Now let's break this down. These 45 years. We so often think because time has passed, it's not going to happen. This guy has the best attitude. There are some things that haven't happened for me in two weeks, and I'm like, I think the Lord has abandoned us. <laughs> 45 years, these guys were wandering around in, in what you would call failure. Because remember, they came to take it the first time. And, and then the Lord said no because of everybody's unbelief except for Joshua and Caleb out of the spies. And he kept that attitude of trusting in God's promises while he was kicking dirt around the desert all this time. And yet he hung on to the promises of God. Do we believe God's word in that way? There's somebody who, who is... is you know, has discovered the promise that it's, it's good to be married, right? And now you're 95 and you're like, I'm still holding on to God's promises. <laughs> Where do we hang on to his word because he said it? Or do we say, oh, you know, I trusted the Lord and, and a few years has passed and I guess it's not going to work. 45 years he's been holding on to this promise that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. This, this, this really hit my heart. He doesn't, he doesn't talk about failure. He doesn't talk about having to endure the desert. He doesn't talk about any of those things. He's talking about God's promise and that he's still ready to go do this. Isn't that beautiful? Even while Israel wandered. It's like, it's okay. We had a little bit of a setback. It did not change the promise that God gave us. In our life, we take left turns, right turns. We fall off cliffs. We do all of these things. It does not change the promise of God. As Pastor Baba said, he can do anything. And he can do it in any way. But what he can't do for us is force us to believe him. That's why the first set of Israelites never went to Milk and Honey Ranch. <laughs> they never went into the promised land because God could not force them to believe. But this next group, they ready. They were ready to go in and to trust the Lord and believe him for the impossible. Strong now as I was, I can still travel and fight. What do you have in your hand today? You might not have a whole lot, but that mixed with your belief and God would do something. We see that from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Old Testament says to the widow, what do you have? She's like, I've just got some oil and some flour. Great, let's use that. New Testament, Peter says, I need uh, money for taxes. Okay, he uses what's in his hand? His fishing rod. 
But it's, it's, it's the promise of God that brings it into something amazing. Do we ever stop and think about our lives that we serve the almighty God? How dare we be normal? Anybody? We go around in just normality all the time when nothing in Scripture says that that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm not talking about flash and, you know, that you've got an entourage and a DJ everywhere you go. I'm, I'm talking about that when people look at your life and they hear your story, they are in awe of God and they say, tell me more about this. We've had such fun at this round top, um, uh, uh, having people come through in this last uh, set of guests. We're just so fascinated by our story. And we got to tell them uh, uh, Ugo got to tell them about Jesus. My mom got to tell them about Jesus. Daniela and I got to tell them about Jesus. And the more we tell the story, the more fascinated they get. And that's not a tribute to us. That is 100% a tribute to just hanging on to the promises of God. Shouldn't all our lives be something like that? Don't make it a materialistic thing, but also don't discount the fact that we need resources to accomplish things. When people sit and hear your story, can they see God's fingerprints all over that? Do they hear the impossibility of how you achieved that? When people come to the ranch and they're in awe of, of what they see, I love to start off the story. I came to America when I was 22 with $2,400 and two suitcases. That's a true story. That was my entire net worth. $2,400. And then I get to tell them about God. And I get to brag about God. And I tell them about my niece who had a stroke. And then that's a low point. And they're like, oh. And I was like, but he's a miracle. Oh. Right? The promises of God. Give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. If the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land. Know where your help comes from. Do you know where your help comes from today? Because if we, if we trust in anything else, God can use everything else, but anywhere else we have our trust, we are at risk of our trust falling flat. If it's money, if it's stocks, if it's our ability, if it's our looks, whatever it is that we are trusting in to achieve, without God's provision, it won't work. Caleb knew this. He said, hey, I'm strong. I can fight. But only if the Lord goes with me. Isn't that beautiful? Listen to some of these promises. I've just picked out from different books and things like that. But if you would read your Bible, it is endless, the promises. Listen here. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to hang on to this promise when things seem like an absolute mess. And I'm like, I'm going to rest in the fact that God is going to straighten this all out because I'm doing my best to walk with Him and according to what He's called for my life. So therefore, I trust that He is working this out, that this thing that happened to me, He's going to change to happen for me. Amen. That's a promise. So when you're in the midst of a mess, you can hang on to this promise and say, I will take the hill with the giants. Next one. Keep on asking 
and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. We're going to get into context in all of these things, but, but when we were building our business Second MD, after three years, how many customers do you think we had by a show of hands? Three years of hard work, 20-hour days. How many customers? Three years. Zero. A big El Zippo. <laughs> Do you know how much we hung on to this promise? But Brent, that promise is not for business. Oh, I didn't know, but it worked. <laughs> Good thing I didn't know what you knew. There is a promise that as you are submitting your life to God and you are seeking and asking that you will find. You see, we want to limit him down to some small thing when he is the almighty God. Amen. Pastor Bob and I were talking about this after his sermon last week. Thank goodness Joshua didn't know that in order for the sun and the, and the moon to stop, the whole universe had to come to a standstill. I'm so glad he hadn't been to science class and learned that that's an impossibility. It can't happen. You with me? But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us for all, from all wickedness. I've hung on to this promise because there have been some times that I've messed up and I'm like, the devil's like, you're done. No, I have a promise that if I confess my sins, man, he's, he's going to forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. <sighs> There's a promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. There's a promise to hang on to for those that don't know where to go, what to do, what's the next step. Submit your, your life to his will, and then he will show you. But trust him. How do you trust him? You start to trust everything he asks you to do. I'll tell you something funny about tithing, right? I don't tithe 10%, just so you guys know. And, and, and Pastor Arthur will verify my statement. I, I tithe about 10,000%. Because I tithe on money I don't make. You hear what I'm saying? I'm in the midst of two startups that don't make money. Yet I continue to tithe. Why? Because I watched in our lives when my mom was, was passionate about tithing and trusting the word of God. And I watched what the Lord did and I watched his promise to say he will bless those that, that honor him in that way. So you can choose to say, oh, no, no, that's Old Testament. Great. We'll take your blessing. <laughs> we don't have to fight about this. But I am going to get to a point where this becomes very serious about whether you hold on to or don't hold on to the promises of God. You hear me? Listen to this. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Amen. And you might say, but Brent, 
that context, you know, that was for the Israelites. And that brings us to the next part of the sermon that's called, Shut Your Face. It's my favorite part of the sermon. Be very careful. Be very careful when you discount the promises of God. And of course, yes, those people that are saying those things, they've seen the abuses and all of those things. And I'm not saying those don't happen. There are 100% people that have used the gospel for ill-gotten gain and got on TV and promised people things and wear the term prosperity gospel. It's awful. God will deal with those people. God will deal with them. It's, it's, it's disgusting that somebody would do something like that. But what we've done is we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. When there are, there are more countries that have to rely on God for provision than what you, would, what you would ever imagine living here in America. And God's promises stand true. Do you know that God is still doing those miracles like with the loaves and fish in other countries? And I've, 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 I've heard people give these accounts. Well, why doesn't it happen in America? Because we have Walmart. <laughs> but these places that, that, that ran out of food and, then with, and, and, and God began to multiply, these miracles are still happening because people dare to believe God and hold on to his promises that if he did it for those people, he would do it for them. Isn't that wonderful? I've never seen God multiply food, but I have seen him multiply gas. And there's, there's my mom sitting there who will verify that story. Why? Because we needed him to do it and we held on to that. Uh, is the scam up? Would you put the scam slide? This, I, I, this is something I'm becoming incredibly passionate about is, is these scams that are happening all the time. Because it's usually older people that get caught in these, and, and, it's, and it's horrific. And most of them are coming out of India, and the, the Indian authorities don't care. Uh, it's, it's, it's really bad, but they, use, they, they, they get your information. They find out if you're a Christian. They start using language like, oh, you know, God loves you, and you're like a mother to me. And I mean, it's just you can't believe the language that they use to win the people's trust and then to... to, to uh, manipulate them. Here's the thing about these scams. They are stealing from people what is already theirs, making them think it's not theirs. They are convincing you that what you have is not supposed to be there, it's supposed to be the government's or whatever it is, and you are giving up the right to what you have because of a lie and not the truth. And this, uh, uh, I wrote about this on loop, but this happened to me the other day. I get a call from Goldman Sachs, the official Goldman Sachs number, right? And uh, I've got an Apple credit card. So, you know, I've had to, I've had to uh, call Goldman Sachs a few times because of uh, fraud and stuff like that. Anyway, they call me and then they say, uh, we've sent you a, a code to your phone to verify your identity, which is very normal. But here's the problem. I didn't call in. They called me. But I'm busy and stuff like that, you know. I'm, I'm so, just so busy trying to keep my wife happy. So I just, I give them. I give them the code. I give them the code. And the next minute, I see my, my Apple account, which, which controls a lot of things in my, in my life. 
it says uh, that somebody's trying to change my password. And then this guy says to me, okay, just give us the, you know, so he's told me there's fraudulent on the, on the iPhone 10 and this and this and all these things, like old accounts. Just give us uh, your password and, uh, yes. I won't tell you what I said to him. It probably not, it's not church appropriate, but <laughs> what I said to him is there's no ways that you're getting my password. He's like, no, sir, we need this, this. You see, he had crossed the line of what I knew was true. And sometimes Satan might get us to wobble a bit, and he might get us off our, our footing. But there has to be a line where you say, no more. I have a promise from God, and you are now in territory that you do not belong. Whether it's in my marriage, whether it's with my children, whether it's in my finances, whatever it is, the thief comes to steal, but he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? But if we don't know the promises of God, if I did not know that nobody should ever ask you for your password, ever, 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 I wouldn't have known to shut this down. You have to know the promises of God or Satan is going to walk all over you and keep stealing from you and never stop stealing from you because he doesn't tire. He doesn't ever feel bad like, oh, Larry's had enough. Shame. He's looking a little down today. Guys, let's, let's give him a break. No, no, no. He will grind you into dust if he can. Just like Satan asked about Peter. Wanted to sift him like wheat. The promises of God are our weapon in this world to become who he's called us to be. Okay, last slide. Why does this really matter? Why does it matter? Are we talking about the difference between having, you know, a little extra things and not having a little extra things or... You know, achieving a little bit more or not achieving. No, no, no. This is, this is on a bigger scale than what you could possibly imagine. Would you, would you go to the next one? This is a diagram of nuclear fission. You're welcome. <laughs> but I want to use it as an impact of what your life can be because this is the truth. My grandmother uh, was not saved. Neither was my grandfather. He was a, a, a Jewish man. And... Uh, um, my, my grandmother went to a motivational course that, that recommended the best motivational book you can read is the Bible. So she started reading the Bible. There she found a promise that, if, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. She hung on to that promise. I want you to start at the beginning of this diagram. I'm about to show you something. And then I want to talk about your life and tell you why this is so incredibly important that you hold on to the promises of God. Then she was reading in Joshua, and she found what Joshua said, as for me and my house, they will serve the Lord. Started praying for her family. This is my mom's mom. Started praying for her family. And one day, my grandfather, after, after years, am I right? After years of her praying, on a, on, around a Christmas time, my grandfather gave his life to Christ. Okay? Let's jump to the next, the next thing. Her holding on to the promise of God that her family will serve the Lord has now multiplied to my grandfather serving the Lord. Because she hung on to the promise of God. You see where I'm going with this? 
my grandfather held on to the promises of God. And as you know, he started, he started that children's ministry during a time in apartheid where, where whites did not go into certain areas. And, and I'll jump back to that story for those who haven't, haven't heard. But my mom, her brother, uh, her sisters were all raised in the faith because of my grandmother holding on to a promise that she found in the Word. Now they raised their kids to hold on to the promises of God. And my mom added to that, my mom added to that, to, to, that God would provide for our needs because she was a divorced woman with no tertiary education and uh, two boys and a father who never paid child support. And so she had to mind the word of God and hold on to promises that here in America, people would say, oh, you can't do that. The context is all wrong. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.